Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. We're so blessed that you're joining us today on the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Today, we'll be concluding part two of a great interview with our guest, Bob Wheatley. Bob's a former professional baseball player, turned speaker, author, and co-host of That Single Show. And he's recently released a great book titled Our Heart's Desire, How Our Stories Reveal the Thing We Want Most. In part one, Bob Wheatley showed us how Jesus often used stories to convey his primary messages. They were called parables, but stories nonetheless. Bob is sharing some information with us where you, you and I, we can become better storytellers in what we are doing as well. Amen. Bob's been working with best-selling authors, keynote speakers, world-class musicians, helping them to get the word out by storytelling also. So I know you're getting a lot of great information from this interview. All right, let's jump back into the interview now with Bob Wheatley. And you share that that all stories then basically follow the same premise Jesus used, right? And, and I mean, what, what was God's premise to the story he was writing in the Bible? I mean, what was it? Was what was it he was trying to get us to understand? I know salvation, you know, and, and yeah. But in as far as storytelling goes, what was it he was trying to get across? Yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to a story, any author is trying to say something. The way that they say it might change, like fiction, nonfiction. There's a million ways to get to that destination, but there is a destination. Like they're, they're trying to say something. They're trying to convey that message to the reader, and so I think I. I think it's probably bad policy for me to speak for God. Like this was God's premise. <laughs> so as I as I write it in the book, you know, I'm I'm just very cautious to say this, you know, based off of my reading of scripture, these are the messages that I continued to hear over and over again. These are the messages that I continue to read. And so there there are three of them. It's I am God. I'll never leave. You can trust in me to come through. Amen. I just keep I, I kept seeing those messages over and over again, Old Testament, New Testament. Those are the things, whether it's through the spoken word or through actions, I felt like God was saying, I am God. There is no other. Like I think about Isaiah 46 verses nine and 10. He says, I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. He's saying, I am it. I am the main character of the story. I'm also the author of the story. I declare the end from the beginning. Amen. So Amen. he's trying to prove that. Like, that's part of the premise. I am God. I'll never leave. Like, he's constantly reminding the, the house of Israel. Like, you think about all those verses in Joshua. Like, I will never leave. Be strong and courageous. I am with you. Even with Jesus, like his parting words as he's taken into heaven oh, post-resurrection. Yeah. I am with you to the very end of the age. Amen. And then lastly, you can trust in me to come through. When it comes to any sort of love story, this isn't like a biblical thing. I'm just saying like this could be Rachel and Ross 
in Friends. Typically, the love interest, after the the hero, you know, professes his love and makes it known, she rejects him. At least initially, it's it's Adrian and Rocky, right? Rocky <laughs> makes it known, and Adrian's never been pursued before, so she's kind of like like can I can I trust this guy? He says this, but I don't know if it's if it's true yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna test this out. I'm gonna drag my feet, and so God. You know, I believe as I read scripture, he's just continually trying to prove his love. You can trust me to come through. So you might have something like the the Red Sea parting. Like he literally told the the people of Israel, they're kind of blocked by the Red Sea. Oh no, the wilderness has hemmed them in. He says, turn around, whip a U-turn, march towards Pharaoh and his army. It's like, well, that that makes no sense at all. Why are we marching towards our captors towards the people that hate us and are trying to kill us. God is trying to prove himself. Like I'm going to create this dire situation. I'm going to douse this altar with water over and over and over again, then set it ablaze. Like there are so many examples in scripture where God literally makes a situation more difficult on purpose. Mm -hmm. You think about the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus stayed so that Lazarus could die. It's like, hey, your buddy's dying in the other town. Come quick. He's like, ah, I think I'll wait. Why? So I can prove myself. Yeah. You can trust in me to come through. So yeah, uh, one man's opinion. But I, I, as I read scripture through that paradigm, I'm like, what, what is Good. this author's premise? I am God. I'll never leave. You can trust in me to come through. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, in your book, you basically break it down into the three-act play as well. Share with us the three acts of great storytelling and why they're so important. Yeah. So again, that's kind of like the, the storytelling brain talking to the, the biblical brain where I was just studying storytelling. And when, when it comes to stories and it's not always the case, but oftentimes they have three acts, act one, act two, act three, the first act you're setting up the externals of the story. So it's oftentimes like the external problem. You start in the white picket fence town, then something terrible happens. It's like, okay, now we have a story on our hands. So it's the external problem is act one. Then act two is the internal struggle. So oftentimes, if you notice, like the next movie you watch or whatever it is, the villain of the story oftentimes disappears in act two. Like, so if you look at the middle half hour, 45 minutes of a movie, you usually don't see the villain because you have the good guys, whether it's a guy and a girl or you have, you know, Mr. Frodo and Sam, like the hero and his best friend, they're just kind of like thing. They're fighting. They're figuring each other out. The villain's gone. So it's like the internal struggle of the story. We already have the external problem that we're trying to solve. Now it's time for the good guys to kind of wrestle with things. And as I saw that in scripture, it's the back and forth dynamic of God and the nation of Israel. It's the, she doubts it. He proves it. She doubts it. He proves it. it's like the the time of the judges, right? Good, bad, ugly, good, bad. Like it just keeps cycling. But then finally, act three is how do we resolve this? It's the new world order. So you oftentimes have like the final battle, some momentous clash, and then everything is made new or everything is restored. Everything is made right. And as we look at the story of scripture, like that moment where the tomb was empty that was the crescendo of our story yeah. where death has been defeated. 
We're no longer slaves to sin. We can be slaves to righteousness. And now we just have to wait for the pages of our story to unfold. And it seems like final page talking about it's been 2000 years, but to God, that's, that's not the case for him. Uh, he doesn't operate in time. Right. Thousand years are like a day to him. Yeah. So it hasn't taken quote a long time for God. The story's going to unfold exactly the way he wants it to. That's right. But yeah, Amen. act one, external act two, internal. She doubts it. He proves it. Act three is the new world. And that's, Amen. that's the entire point of writing the story. Like let's, let's restore yeah. the amazing thing that we once had. Amen. Now in your book, our heart's desire, you emphasize the end of the love story. You know, the hero, the love interest are usually joined together in some stories. It's a clear indication of a wedding. Others, it's just inferred. Uh, you call this her redemption, his reward, right? What does that mean? And what happens at that part of the story? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like when it comes to a love story, you typically have that wedding in the end. It could be something as simple as, or I shouldn't say simple, something as iconic and replicated as Cinderella. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, the, you know, the life of a Christian or the biblical story is the ultimate uh, Cinderella story. That's one way of looking at it, but I look at it the other way. It's like Cinderella is just a copy of scripture. Amen. Like the, the Bible came first, the story that we are living came first. And I don't even think the writers at Disney had to flip open their Bible. Like, all right, let's copy this thing. Uh, yeah. Her redemption, his reward. That sounds good. Like it's just written on our hearts. That is what we truly want. We want to see the love interest redeemed. And if you look at, let's go back to Adrian with Rocky, like this isn't a sin conversation, but like she, she kept him at arm's length. There was something like she didn't quite receive him, but then at their union, like that's, that's redeemed. Their relationship is what it should have been. And then you have his reward. We, we want to see heroism. We want to see strength. We want to see sacrifice all the things that would make us glorify God. Like we want those things. And that's why we create the superheroes. That's why we create the William Wallace and Braveheart. Like we love those things. We also want to see the hero rewarded. Amen. Amen. We want to see him or her. It could be a Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games. We want to see the protagonist rewarded. And so when it comes to a love story, and let's say it's the traditional wedding where it's, you know, truly her redemption his reward, that bride, you know, everything that happened in the first half of the movie, like, you know, her doubting his love or whatever it might be, she is redeemed. She's walking down the aisle spotless. And it's like, yeah, this, this is, this is a bride that I would want to be with. This is a bride worth dying for. Then you look at the hero who's waiting for her. It's like, we want that for him. Like he, he deserves it. You know, he's been through the ringer to get there. He kept Amen. patiently pursuing and, and we want that. And then if you look at the story of scripture, that's exactly what the Bible says will happen. Amen. I mean, you talk about the redemption story. It is so consistent, whether it's in the old Testament, constantly seeing that word, I will redeem you. I will redeem you come back to me. And then in the new Testament, it it only continues where we will be, we will be white as snow. We will be washed yeah. clean. And then it was funny because you think about Ephesians five, that's oftentimes read at weddings. Yep. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. 
as you continue reading that passage, you have both of those elements. You have her redemption, because it says that Christ made her holy, spotless, without blemish. And then his reward, because it says in the, you know, the second half of that verse, so that he might present her to himself with splendor. So you have the redemption of the church. Like we are more beautiful than than we've ever been. And also the hero is rewarded. Like, so Christ was doing that both for us, that we can enjoy holiness and not being a slave to sin, but also to reward himself with us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I, I believe most of us would like to think of ourselves as the heroes of our own story. But in your book, Our Heart's Desire, you actually say that's not the way it's supposed to be, that we're supposed to actually be the supporting character. What do you mean by that? I hadn't heard that before. Well, totally. Like if you go back to that that poem Invictus, right? I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That is so American. Like that, that's just what we're taught. That's what you'll see on commercials these days, especially around the world of sports. It's the bravado. It's the that God hates. You will not find that in scripture. In fact, you'll find the opposite. Yeah. Like what, what does Jesus say? Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. That doesn't mean that you have to be a martyr. That doesn't mean you have to be like Paul and get your head cut off or anything like that. That is talking about, Hey, I've given you this, this life right now. You're holding it in your own hands saying, look, like I want to keep this. This is mine. This is my big league dreams. This is my relationship, my professional business, my bank account, whatever you're thinking about. But Jesus says, hey, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's only in giving up your life and realizing this is not a story about you. You were born to be a supporting character in my story. This is a story about me. It's only once you realize that, that your life will start making sense. And so for me, the transition from the baseball player who thought, oh, I'm I'm the hero of this story. And it wasn't like a, it's, it's subtle. It really is. Cause I wouldn't have told you, oh, I'm a, I'm a brash, arrogant, uh, you know, self-seeking self-centered person. Like I, I really care and I do charity work and I tithe and all that stuff, but it's this total paradigm shift where when things don't go your way, or you feel like God is asking you to move to Nashville or surrender something, how do you respond? Because if you feel like you're the protagonist with a capital P and you think this story is about you, like, hey, I have my story, you have yours, you're missing it. We were all born into a story about God. Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. And if you look at any story, William Wallace and Braveheart, Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games, that story is about them. Every character whether it's their respective love interest, whether it's the villain, or even the supporting characters, like that extra that has three minutes in the movie that's walking by on the sidewalk. They all exist to support the story of the hero. Yeah. Amen. And so Amen. that's the case with us. Yeah. We're, we're here to support the story of the hero. Yeah. Amen. You know, you, you talk about that when I was at Bible school in Fort Worth, uh, one of the instructors 
was a, a co-star on Walker, Texas Ranger. Cool. And, you know, he said, hey, you know, we're doing a shoot over here in, in Grapevine or something like that. Is it we need some extras? You know, I can get you out there. You know, you have a little spot. Probably won't be saying anything. You just be walking in the background and stuff. But yeah, and if some people were walking and they're talking this way and they would stop and say, no, 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 the sun wasn't right. Let's flip it around. Come walking back this way. You know, it, they, I mean, we had nothing to do with, you know, uh, Chuck Norris or any of the other stars, but the background shot had to be right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, yeah, I, I understand it completely because they, sometimes they do it three, four times. All you're doing is walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> totally but like if you look this way or looking that way it made a difference in what what they were trying to shoot 100 percent. and that experience you as the extra walking on the sidewalk it can either be great or it can be terrible the only thing that changes is how you feel about it like yeah. you are an extra that is a fact you can either be excited about like wow this is awesome i i get to support a chuck norris film I just support this this amazing protagonist of this production. How cool is that? Yeah. Or you're walking down the sidewalk and kind of like look over your shoulder so they can see your face better, like making it about you. You don't have any lines in the movie. Like you want to play a bigger role. You go home upset. That's kind of the reality that we're we're living in. Like we are all extras. We're all people walking on the sidewalk with three seconds of, of airtime. Once we realize... <laughs> how much we can delight in the person of Christ and in, in true worship. We don't care about the three seconds. Like get, right. give me one second. Like, let, just let me be around you. Let me, Amen. let me play a part in this story. Yeah. And not to mention like you start, you start as a rebel. You start as someone who hates the protagonist oh, yeah. and he still invites you. Hey, I want you to be an extra in my story. Mm-hmm. Not just now, not just for your for years off. I want you to be with me forever. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my friend forever. I'm going to take you to that paradise that your heart is longing for. It's I I want it to be true more than ever. Like as I read scripture, I'm like, thank you, God. What an, what an amazing story that I was born a hater of you. And you now live in me and I've just totally changed my heart, totally changed my world. Amen. I want to, I want to live with you forever because you are amazing. Amen. Now you mentioned in your book, something called catharsis. What's catharsis and what are the three, three steps we should take to achieve it? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, when it comes to catharsis, that's really the the main point of dramatic storytelling. If you're writing a novel, if you're creating a movie, a, a Broadway play, whatever it might be, you want to create that experience for the for the audience. Where it's just, and we've all had this moment where you're walking out of a movie theater, whatever it might be, you're in the parking lot, and it's just like, ah, uh, that that was that was just right. Like I didn't see that coming, but I kind of did because that's what I wanted. And then the maker of that film the author of that book delivered exactly what I was looking for. That's, that's catharsis. And so when it comes to catharsis, like you said, there's, there's three pieces that you need. First, you just need a desire. What, what do I want? What am I longing for at the end of this book, at the end of this movie? Second component, you need a delay Mm. because it heightens the desire, 
but also like if imagine a two page book, like <laughs> you have a, you have a desire on page one, you get it on page two, the end, like that's not a book. That's a, that might not even be a pamphlet, right? That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a short essay, five paragraph essay. So you need a desire, you need the delay. And then ultimately catharsis comes when you get the delivery, that third component. And so when it comes to a fictional story, that is what delivers that feeling of, ah, what, like, what an amazing book I felt seen. I felt known by that author. I, I have this desire in me and it's not to finish the book or to see some fictional character win. Like I want love. I want companionship. I want understanding. And in that brief moment at the end of the movie or whatever, I felt that. Amen. That's why we tell a story to be able to share that. But then ultimately what is our heart's desire? It's to, it's to know God. It's to be with God forever. It is the, it is the ultimate love companionship fulfillment. So you might have an amazing relationship with your earthly friends, spouse, family, whatever. None of those can compare to the things that you'll have in God. And so when you look at that, those three components, the desire, the delay, the delivery, we're living in that delay right now. Yeah. We are like, like what, what does Paul say? We see through a glass dimly when the perfect comes, I will know as I am known. Amen. Like, Amen. and of course we're never going to be God in terms of right. omnipotence and, you know, omniscience and knowing everything. But I know for a fact that if God knows me right now, just to the slightest degree like in terms of how I know him, he doesn't know me all that well. Like we're, we're, we're getting close, but like I see through a glass dimly. I don't know God as I am known. There's, there's no way. Right. And so I believe our existence in eternity will be catharsis forever. It's not that, you know, 15 minutes after a film walking in the parking lot, like that will be our eternal existence where we've had this desire of our heart forever. It's been delayed during our time on earth. So when you see the film, when you go through the holiday season and it doesn't quite fill your cup, like there's whispers of it, there's Mm -hmm. subtleties, but it, it's like the bucket with the hole in it, right? You just, we never quite hit it. So we're living in that delay. It will ultimately be delivered to us. We will be home We'll be living with our God forever. Every tear will be wiped away. We won't have to deal with sin anymore. Like imagine that where you're you're not <laughs> sinning. What an awesome existence. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we will live in that catharsis, yeah. that, that ah uh, feeling and just worship him forever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Now, on your website, you provide short video insights into each chapter of the book to assist in like group discussions and things like that. That's interesting. I, I had not heard of that before. Share with us about your thoughts on offering that to your readers. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make it easy for the small group, the Bible study to go through the book. If you have a group to say, Hey, th- this is exciting. Like we're talking about the hunger games and different movies and learning about God through that vehicle. Super interesting. Okay. Like th- let's do this as a group. What you're referring to is I have a small group series where, yeah, each and every chapter has like a three to five minute video and it's just a companion deal where maybe you go through the book in a month. Maybe you do, you know, you have the, the intro of the book is the characters. You have the author, hero, love interest, enemy. 
And then the next three sections are acts one, two, and three. So maybe you break it up into a month, you do the characters, then act one, two, three in four successive weeks. What I wanted to do is just provide an additional resource for those that are going through the book. And it's like, hey, hope you enjoyed chapter three. Here's an additional five minutes uh, of thoughts on it and questions for you guys to consider as a group. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that was awesome. That's cool. Now, I mentioned in the beginning your radio program. Share with us some of the works that you're doing right now to get the word out into all the earth about Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a co host of a radio show with uh, KCBI. It's called That Single Show, it's a podcast on their podcast network. And my co host, Kelly Corday, she's been in Christian radio for a long time. She was in St. Louis for a bit was in Nashville. Now she's in Dallas with KCBI. And Kelly, uh, her husband passed of cancer about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. She and I met at church and I had been doing a similar type of podcast where you know I'm never been married, single. I don't believe I have the gift of singleness, but I, you know, I don't have a spouse currently. And so she came to me, he's like, Hey, I've really been thinking about doing a singles ministry because this feels like a gap. There's a ton of singles, especially in Nashville, just because it's such a transient city. A lot of people feel like God is is calling them to, to Nashville and to the South. And so we saw a gap in, in our church, in the local church, that ministry. So we just created, you know, a small podcast and we've been doing it for maybe a year and a half or so, but it's. I mean, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 7. He says, it's not a command, but if I had it my way, if you're single, you would remain single. Like there are, there are some advantages to that. Whereas if you get married, he says, you'll have, you'll, you'll be concerned about pleasing your spouse. You will have worldly trouble. Whereas when you're single, you can just be wholeheartedly devoted to God. So we just wanted to meet those listeners who are in that season, whether it's, They've been single forever, or maybe they're newly single, whether it's a divorce, a death, whatever it might be. We're all fallen, broken people, sons and daughters of God that are doing the best we can until we step out of that delay period and finally have the delivery and finally have that catharsis. Like we're we're just doing the best we can. So we wanted to minister to that group. And yeah, that's how that single show. Came about. Amen. Yeah. The, the five years I lived in Fort Worth, KCBI was the only station I listened to in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I mean, the yeah. work they do is amazing. I mean, they're that's a oh yeah, I, I miss them. They got good radio stations here in the Baltimore area, but there was just something about KCBI that you were connected to, you know. Yeah, and I've been was, really fortunate to work with Kelly for sure. Amen. Amen. Well, Bob, this has been so interesting. How can someone obtain a copy of your book, Our Heart's Desire? How our stories reveal the thing we want most. Is it on Amazon? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. You can place an order there. You could also just go to bobwheatley.com. Have everything you need there. Also giving away the audiobook completely free for anybody that places a pre-order. So the book officially comes out January 24th. So late January, book is live. Like I said, you can buy on Amazon. But if you wanted that audiobook for free, just go back to bobwheatley.com right there on the homepage. Super easy. It'll be first name, email, Amazon receipt number. Then you have the audiobook right away. If I had somebody that was excited after you know hearing our, our talk today, I wouldn't want people to wait. I know we talked about catharsis. I, I don't want to be in the delay business. Like, I want to give it to you right away. So Amen. yeah, Amen. Uh, it'll be late January as far as the hard copy, but the audiobook right away at bobwheatley.com. 
Amen. So if someone wanted to reach out to you to ask a question, receive more information, maybe do an interview like this, they how do you want to get in touch with you? Through email or just through the website? Yeah. So you can go to bobwheatley.com. If you're active on social, love to see you there. It's just at Bob Wheatley. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok, probably the best places to find me. But yeah, website, bobwheatley.com or at Bob Wheatley on socials. Amen. Amen. Folks, I believe Bob Wheatley has accurately described us as being storytellers. I mean, you have a story to tell, a story that will impact someone's life somewhere. You also need to understand how to share it in a way that will impact that someone and lead them to Christ. I mean, not all of them will have to roll their eyes and walk away like we talked about at the water cooler earlier. I urge you to drop down the show notes, order your copy of Bob Wheatley's book, Our Heart's Desire, How Our Stories Reveal the Thing We Want Most. For those of you who are speakers or business owners, this book will help you too. It'll provide you some very important insights in how to communicate your story more effectively. And why would you want to do things through trial and error well, you can have Bob Wheatley walk you through the process and help you achieve your goals a lot faster. I would drop down the show notes, click the links right there, get in touch with Bob Wheatley. Be sure to order your own copy of Our Heart's Desire, how our stories reveal the thing we want most right now. Do it today while you're thinking about it. You know how the devil works. Well, I'll put it off till later. He's going to try and distract you and make you forget all about it. Do it right now while you're thinking about it. Just click that link right now. Bob, thank you for taking the time to come on the program today. I do appreciate it, brother. This has been awesome. Thanks so much for the time. Amen, folks. That's all the time we have for today. For Bob Wheatley, myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org.
Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.